Today, answers matter more than ever before. That's why IBM is helping businesses manage customer questions with Watson Assistant. It's conversational AI designed to work for any industry. Let's put smart to work. Visit ibm.com slash Watson Assistant. Welcome to The Jump. I'm Rachel Nichols alongside our senior insider, Zach Lowe, and 2008 NBA champ, Kendrick Perkins. Now, everyone out there, Kendrick does not have air conditioning in his house today, so you'll forgive him (laughs) if he slowly changes into beach clothes during the show. Coming up, you will see an in-depth look at how the Jordan effect on sneaker culture has shifted down to today and how everything changed after MJ and Nike joined forces This is really fun. Stick around for that. But first, major news coming out of the association. That guy I just introduced in the middle there, Zach Lowe, teamed with Adrian Wojnarowski to report that, quote, barring an unforeseen turn of events, many NBA owners, executives, and MBPA elders believe that in June, Adam Silver will greenlight the return to play, with games expected to resume sometime before the end of July, sources said. Also in the report, the league is discussing a step-by-step plan for a resumption of the season that includes an initial two-week recall of players to team markets for a period of quarantine, then one to two weeks of individual workouts at team facilities, and a two- to three-week formal training camp, sources told ESPN. Now, the NBA is still considering a two-site format for the return of the season, including Orlando's Walt Disney World and Las Vegas, sources said. So, Zach... How big of a first step is this in terms of at least having a framework of how they could restart the season? Well, I mean, it's really a baby step, but every first step is something. Now, every baby step is something. Look, we don't know exactly when this is going to happen, but sometime around the first week of June, these teams expect to hear something from the league that's just a preliminary, hey, get ready. Maybe start getting your players back. And by the way, that process is complicated depending on where the players are coming from and what market they're going to. Some markets are open, some markets are closed. But just the very notion that the NBA appears to be ready at some point in the next couple weeks to say, okay, get ready. We're going to start ramping up and ramp up one stage of practice and another another. It's it, Everything is trending toward something happening, games happening. It's interesting, too, because there's been discussion back and forth, Zach, about – if they do have a season, what would a championship really mean? Would there be an asterisk, as Shaq reported? You had some feelings on that, right? Yeah, I mean, I... I shouldn't I, say Shaq I reported, it, by the way. I should say Shaq opined. <laughs> yeah, he opined. Uh, I, but you hear that. It's not just Shaq. You hear that all the time. You know, what if player X catches the virus and that really screws up a first-round series or a second-round series? Yeah, that, that could happen. And if a superstar gets hurt, it always sort of screws up the playoffs a little bit. But I actually think... This could work the other way around. I think there could be a certain badge of honor in being the team that in these circumstances, Mm. in this strangeness, comes out and survives all the playoffs, survives four playoff rounds. Certainly they're going to be a champion we remember forever because this is so different. I actually think it could be a badge of honor, a sign of toughness, something a team can be proud of. The asterisk doesn't have to be a negative connotation. It could be something to actually be proud of 10, 20 years from now. That's a great point, Zach. Great point. Yeah, Great point. Perk, I wanted to ask you about something your ex-teammate James Harden said. He was asked by CNBC about Zach and Woj's report specifically. James said he's cool with playing games without a crowd. He also said he'd feel comfortable playing basketball again. But, Perk, he stipulated he would be comfortable when the pandemic has, quote, calmed down all the way to a minimum. That is an interesting distinction. Harden went on to say, I want it to be safe. 
I want it to be entertaining for the fans and players to get out there and compete. As soon as we can get this ramped up, I'm ready to go. I feel like the majority of players feel the same way. So, Perk, it's interesting. Everyone's version of safe is a little bit different, right? And when he says the virus to a minimum, it, it could be more than a year, right, before we get a vaccine or a real adequate treatment. Would you be willing, if you were a player in the league today, to lose the significant amount of money that could come to just wait this pandemic out? See, Rachel, here's the problem again. Now, come on, James. We're talk, James, we're talking about James Harden, a guy who makes hundreds of millions of dollars outside of basketball. It's only about, what, 15, 10% of those guys that make that much money outside of hooping. A lot of these guys need to get back to work. And if it was me in that position, a 14-year, I was a 14-year role player. Absolutely. I'm ready to get back to work. Like, because like I told you before, Rachel, on, on one of our, sh- on one of the mm-hmm. shows that, hey, listen, this is a job. This is how I feed my family. This is how I put clothes on my kids' back and food on the table. At the end of the day, James, everyone is not like you. We don't have hundreds of millions of dollars just laying around. Although we make a great amount of money, but just think about it. You got, Everyday people who are working at gas stations and working at Walgreens and grocery stores and, and putting their lives on the line. I'm pretty sure the NBA, who's a billion dollar business, a billion dollar industry, is going to cross <laughs> all ATs and dot all AIs and have it pretty safe for us, for basketball players to return. Well, I mean, look, there's been some details coming out about what that would look like. Lakers vet Jared Dudley confirmed on a conference call yesterday what Zach, you guys have been reporting for a couple weeks now here at ESPN that if play does resume, even if all the teams play at one or two sites, the NBA won't be confining players to a strict quarantine bubble that forbids anyone from going in or out. Instead, it would be more of like a campus environment with careful testing, safety measures in place, but not a perimeter. Dudley stressed, though, that while players won't be forbidden from going out, he does expect plenty of pressure between teammates to play it safe since anyone testing positive for COVID would be quarantined for two weeks and removed from being able to play and help the team. Dudley added this, that when it comes to their Lakers squad, quote, Bron, AD, and all the top guys we have, we'll be wrapping them in a bubble and not letting them go anywhere. <laughs> You'll have to be, it'll be an informal team role. Now, it won't be a league or an NBA role, but you would want to say, listen, guys, we've come too far. We're going to put our family and everything else on hold. So, Zach, is that what you have heard sort of about where we are? Yeah, I mean, there's not going to be, I don't think, any, there's no such thing as a perfect bubble. There's no such thing as a perfect fail-safe solution. There's always going to be gaps and risks and all of that. And I think Jared is right that all, all you can do is try to mitigate your exposure as best as you can. But there's just no way to mitigate it completely. And, and very likely someone is going to get this. Maybe a player gets it. And I think the challenge is not just that player. I mean, that player's got a quarantine. We know what that player has to do. What the NBA is still figuring out is, you know, exactly what do his teammates have to do? They all get tested, but how long do they have to be quarantined? Is it just a few hours? Is it just overnight? All of that stuff is, I think, we're trending toward answering those questions. But these are really hard questions. I mean, none of us have ever lived through anything like this. And, and the NBA is trying to figure it out just like everyone else is trying to figure it out. Yeah, Zach, I agree with you. And, I, and listen... I'm with it. I, I, I agree with Jared Dudley, but look, at the end of the day, as hoopers, we missed the game and guys are ready to get back to work. 
And I think they're going to take the needed actions, the actions that need to be taken in order to stay on the court. They're going to do everything in their power to make sure that they try to stay healthy and do their part because guys miss the game. Y'all know the old saying, you never know what you got until it's gone. And guys are realizing that. And they would never take the NBA for granted again if they did. So, you know, guys want to get back to work, and I'm pretty sure that all NBA players are going to do their part outside of what what they have to do with the team and try to stay safe and try to stay healthy. Well, I don't know if this is wrapping LeBron in a bubble, but there was a tweet from Stadium this morning that LeBron has been (laughs) holding some private workouts with one or two teammates at a time in safe conditions. And I should say this is allowed under the current rules. Uh, It just gives you an idea, though, of where the Lakers thinking is right now. All right, coming up. I'm so thrilled about this. Penny Hardaway joins the show. He's going to discuss what it was like facing off against MJ's Bulls and back-to-back postseasons. Plus, we discuss who Nike originally wanted as the voice of Little Penny. It was not Chris Rock. (laughs) Stay tuned for that. First, though, it's time for our distant replay. Some spicy stuff from this date in NBA history. One second on the clock. Tim Duncan over the years. Bryant behind the back, pulls it back. Oh, what a move. Going right at Genova. Guard down. <laughs> oh, my. Offensive rebounds in this game. The defender. Westbrook. All by himself. Oh, he put it down! The The foul and the two. Westbrook with 12. It could be a routine drive to pick up the kids after school or an epic road trip across the country. No matter where your travels take you, we know those miles count. We're Marathon. We have over 5,700 stations across our great nation. Our people are working hard every day to provide you with quality top-tier gasoline to improve engine performance and... Fuel your life. Marathon. Fueling the American spirit. Geico knows there are many reasons why you ride. From the camaraderie of the other bikers, a band of brothers, always there for you, rain or shine, to the amazing savings you get with Geico on your motorcycle insurance and accessories coverage all year round. But for Bucky Hornhill, it was one reason in particular. It was my helmet hair. I was born with helmet hair. I've tried to cut it a bunch of times, even buzzing it, but it immediately just goes back to helmet hair. Geico Motorcycle. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Sunday at 9 o'clock Eastern, 6 Pacific, we premiere part one of our 30 for 30 film about Lance Armstrong, a fascinating, revealing, comprehensive chronicle about one of the most inspirational and then infamous athletes of all time. Welcome back to The Jump. We are so thrilled to have with us the legend, Penny Hardaway, now also the head coach at the University of Memphis. Welcome, friend. Thank you, Rachel. I'm, uh, I'm glad to be here. You were all over everybody's television screens the past few weeks since we all watched The Last Dance. And as the series made note, your 95 Magic group was the last team to ever beat Michael Jordan in a playoff series. 
What bragging rights does that give you? It gives me huge bragging rights because no one else was able to accomplish that. Uh, we obviously caught Michael at a great time, uh, just coming back from baseball. But at the end of the day, we do have those bragging rights saying that we're the last team or the only team in that, in that span to have beaten that team, that great team. You were also part of a college team that actually beat the Dream Team in a scrimmage before they went over to the Barcelona Olympics. And that's the game not as many people talk about. But it was you, Chris Weber, Alan Houston, Bobby Hurley. What do you remember from that? Right here on those guys. Yeah, it was um, an unbelievable select team that uh, that they put together. And we were a lot of we were a bunch of young guys who were who were eager and they were very competitive in the very first scrimmage when we got to uh, La Jolla, uh, California. Uh, out of you know coming out of the stage shock of just in awe of all of these guys that we've always looked up to started playing basketball and got some momentum and beat those guys the first day. And then after that, it was downhill. They knocked us right back into reality. (laughs) But that first day. First day was good for us. It was a great day. Grant Hill always talking about that. If you got those bragging rights, you got to use them too. Now, since the last dance was really a tribute to not just the Bulls, but 90s basketball, I was personally hoping that Lil Penny would get his own section. I mean, Lil Penny hung out with Oprah and Jay-Z. He was iconic. I want to know how many people talk to you about Little Penny still to this day. No, there are a ton of people who remember that. Obviously, the older people, the younger people don't really understand unless they go to YouTube. But that campaign that that Nike created for me, uh, it definitely took me to another level. And and there are people in today's time that are really still talking about the Little Penny commercials. The story is that Eddie Murphy was initially asked to be the voice, but he turned it down, which is how we got Chris Rock. How different would history have been if Lil Penny was a little more raw, let's say? Yeah, that would have been incredible because to me, Eddie is the GOAT now living uh, is the GOAT. And, you know, but it wasn't so so bad to get Chris Rock. I mean, he, was, oh, no. <laughs> he wasn't as known uh, when he got the, at, the, at, the, at the spot versus Eddie Murphy. Everybody know Eddie Murphy, who he was. But Chris Rock definitely did an unbelievable job still. But to have Eddie Murphy, that would have been very different. Would have been an R-rated puppet, I'm just saying. (laughs) I do want to ask you about Memphis and the challenge of coaching in this pandemic. You had recently been trying to help out draft prospect R.J. Hampton by having your staff work him out a little bit. But the school closed those workouts down because they didn't feel they were in line with their COVID-19 protocols. How hard is all of this to navigate for college coaches? It is very tough. Um... You know, right now we're just you know not having our guys in that they're doing uh, Zoom uh, Zoom calls to the guys and uh, staying in touch with the strength and conditioning coach, not being able to work out with us. They're doing the best that they that they can, just like everyone else is around the country. As far as the RJ Hampton thing, yeah, that was a little unfortunate. Uh, we are practicing social distancing. I made a decision uh, to do so with him uh, to help him out, and and so did Mike. And uh, obviously, they they shut us down, but. It's very difficult in today's time to, uh, to to get anything accomplished. Well, it's interesting when you look at those top prospects, the NBA is starting to offer elite high schoolers a path to go straight to the G League instead of going to college. In some cases, they could make up to half a million dollars. What impact do you think that's going to have on your program? It's going to have a, uh, a huge impact. It's just a recruiting war right now when it comes to that. But I think it's going to affect us because we're recruiting a bunch of five stars. Maybe not as as major as some of the other schools, but it will affect us some. Did you ever think you'd be in a recruiting war with the NBA? No, absolutely not. But uh, when they, they took the money from, you know, 
a smaller level to a larger level, then that's, that's definitely more appealing to a certain group of guys as we saw this year. All right. My last Memphis question. Why are you letting that rabble rouser, Mike Miller, hang out around the programs? Total troublemaker. <laughs> now, Mike, Mike brings a lot to the table. <laughs> He's a former champion and understands the game really well. And uh, is someone that I trust uh, with what we have going on in our culture and in our city. So he's not a troublemaker. He's uh, he's getting it done. Well, he was one of our analysts on the jump for a little bit before he decided to come with you full time. We miss him very much. And if you ever decide you want to get rid of him, you just send him back to us. Okay, I'll let him know that. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks so much, Penny. Always such a smart conversation with you. Thanks for joining us. Well, thanks for having me. Coming up, Kyrie Irving posted a photo on IG and said he was about to work out. Now, that's interesting because just a couple months ago, Kyrie had shoulder surgery. Is this something or nothing for the Nets? If this season resumes, stick around to find out. But first, here's what The Jump recommends today. The great Wright Thompson, ESPN senior writer, has a long-form piece out entitled Michael Jordan, The History of Flight. Now, Wright penned more than 13,000 words producer Danny counted them, on Jordan's family history and how it shaped him. And trust me, every word is worth reading. My favorite detail on this piece is that Tinker Hatfield, the legendary Air Jordan designer over at Nike, is a descendant of those Hatfields. You know, like the Hatfields and the McCoys? It's amazing. Head over to ESPN app and check out the whole piece. It could be a routine drive to pick up the kids after school or an epic road trip across the country. No matter where your travels take you, we know those miles count. We're Marathon. We have over 5,700 stations across our great nation. Our people are working hard every day to provide you with quality top-tier gasoline to improve engine performance and fuel your life. Marathon, fueling the American spirit. Coming up next here on ESPN, first take, retake, then Jalen and Jacoby at 4 o'clock Eastern, followed by Highly Questionable and Around the Horn, and Sports Center is on at 5 with the PTI guys joining at 5.30. From North Carolina, You see, it went like this. Mike did. We followed. Cultures shifted. He played golf. Golf became cool. He smoked cigars. The cigar market blew up. He shaved his head. Brothers' domes got clean. How do you like this man? He wore gold and diamond hoop earrings in his left ear. Guess what? The shrug. The term goat. He's the living embodiment of it. That said, it's his role of invading pop and global culture by way of the sneaker game is what takes the Jordan effect to God status level. From the band legends of the ones to the romance, reverence, and ripple effect of the 14s he wore on the final shot he hit over B. Russ. Jordan, 20-footer, head of the cage. Good! The sneaks Mike wore and the brand he built around them changed everything. From this came a connectivity to lifestyle that has become staples in our everyday. Jordan transcended basketball and entered the world of celebrity. 
Mars Blackman, Space Jam, The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, every element of hip-hop, the terms, use, and existence of the whole concept of retros, the development of sneakerheads, both because of Jordans. You see all the business that has been generated around the way you play the game. I'm shocked by it. Last fiscal year, $3.14 billion in wholesale revenue. Even after over 30 years in the game as a brand, Jordan's signature line itself is outselling all other NBA player signature lines combined. I'm winning! Yeah. The Lux Factor. Nobody in the game gave a damn about iguana skin or elephant print or patent leather on a hoop shoe. The advanced technology forever pushing the boundaries of performance and functionality and supreme flyness. The full circle aspect of professional athletes from all sports repping his shoes and brand to the fullest version of excellence. Just the fact that damn near all sneakers now have nicknames, annual releases, and release dates are a direct result of the foundation his shoe game established. In truth, the extension of Jordan's impact far outreaches the he did on the court. His effect, immeasurable, but still mythologized. His shoes, way beyond myth. And you all thought that goat thing was about the game. Thank you, Scoop Jackson. And it's crunch time here on The Jump. Kyrie Irving posting a photo on his IG story of himself at a gym preparing for a workout. Now, this is our first confirmation of Kyrie on the court since his shoulder surgery 11 weeks ago. So, Zach, is Kyrie's return to on-court activity something or nothing? If you think, Rachel Nichols, that I'm going to sit here in quarantine and speculate on anything that Kyrie Irving is going to do for the Brooklyn Nets, you are sadly mistaken. So it's not something. It's not nothing. What is something anyway? What is any of us really in life? I have no idea what's going to happen. I know the Nets and the Magic, I believe, are separated by a half game in the standings. Probably neither wants to play Milwaukee. So those teams are interested in are there going to be regular season games or not. But that is as far as I'm going with any of this. I, I write to Zach, I'm with you. I think it's nothing. And here's why. If, if you're Kyrie, if you know better, you'll do better. And that's playing, playing is safe. Be smart, Kyrie. You've been nursing injuries for the last two years. You know, it's big expectations on you and KD next year. And guess what? The Big Apple don't want to hear no excuses. So get all the way healthy. The NBA needs you back. I want you back. A healthy Kyrie is great for basketball. So be smart, young fella. I don't know. That was a lot of philosophical ennui from Zach. I think we might need to get him some social distance friends over or something. Uh, it's getting it's getting a little rough over there in Connecticut. Look, I, I, I think I can see it both ways, right? The most important thing is he shouldn't try to push it if he's not healthy. We saw what happened with Kevin Durant during the NBA Finals, and, and there's a very smart line of thinking for both of them, both KD and Kyrie, to say, you know what, we're waiting until December or whenever the next NBA season starts. We're going to do it right together with the training camp and all of that. There's a little tiny sideline, though, that might say, huh, in a tiny truncated environment, if it's just for two months, do you unleash those guys and let them go at the rest of the league? We will find out. Whatever is between <laughs> something and nothing. Have a good day, guys. We'll jump. We'll be back tomorrow. <laughs> 